Salma, welcome. Thanks for being Hi. here. Hi. <laughs> Hi, friends. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Check out my background. Isn't it yeah. beautiful? Um, I was just telling Alec when you all couldn't hear that um, I feel so honoured and so special to be part of the uh, fifth and uh, final for now for Saturday Stand Up, and I don't feel worthy. Um, so I've got to make it a good one. Um, so um, we'll do it together. We'll be a good team and uh, make sure that we yes. uh, go out with a bang. Yes, yes, yes. You are more than worthy for sure. No, there's no one else I would rather have for this last talk no, for sure, no, Thelma, for real. No, no. I like look, in look, all I'm honesty. Crying Panther, crying Panther. Oh no, <laughs> crying Panther. Right. <laughs> so much rip. But yes, I, I do appreciate you being here. I think it's going to be awesome. This is a topic that I've really been wanting to talk about. Um, and I feel like you're probably one of the most passionate people that I've talked to about it. So it makes perfect sense in my mind. I am passionate. You will yes. see. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah, again, we're talking about inclusivity in tech. So before we get started with kind of the main topic, I always like starting with a couple icebreakers. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty good. It's uh, well, I sorry, I call them quick fire questions, though usually they're not that quick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. I'll but put my sunglasses on and we'll uh, continue. <laughs> yes. Get get that shade going. All right. First question for you: What is your favorite instrument? See, I used my my answer used to be when I was younger the theremin because it's kooky and weird and silly. The theremin, um, yeah, you, you know, you know what a theremin is. No, I don't. I, I right. don't so actually know this. <laughs> it, it's a, an an electronic instrument. It's basically a a laser beam that you manipulate with your hands. <laughs> oh, I know what that yeah. is. I actually had no idea what it was called though. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the right answer. Um, I'd probably say piano because it's the one I play the most and okay. I, it's very versatile. It's a, it's a one person thing. You can yeah. Yeah. create a really like emotional and um, uh, complete performance and it's very accessible. The piano is very accessible totally. to people. You can sing a song, you can do whatever you want with it. And um, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the accessibility of it. Yeah. Piano. No. Okay. Piano is the, is the answer. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, I love that. I played piano, I think, when I was younger. I had a month of lessons and I was like, mom, can I play the guitar? <laughs> she said, fine. <laughs> we'll stop the piano lessons. Um, piano is also great for um, understand, like being able to understand and visualize music theory right in front of you. Like I play the oh, flute sure. as well but the fingers are here and you can't really see what you're doing. And it's not about that, but also you can see what you're doing on the piano when you can look at chords and you can um, understand how things go lower and higher. And it's a, it's really good for kids. This is my music yeah. teacher self speaking, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. I I would agree. I've never actually thought about it in visualizing kind of music theory and stuff, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, awesome. Cool. That's a great answer. Okay. Second question. I feel like at least over where I live, this is a common question. Uh, what is your favorite season of the year? <laughs> what a sigh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I guess either spring or autumn. Mm. Autumn because it's my birthday in the autumn and I like it when yeah. it's still kind of warm, but the days are closing in and you can start wearing cozy jumpers and snuggling up yeah. with a hot water bottle. 
Um, but I also like spring because it's like, oh, great, summer's coming. Let's go. Yes. Um, let's it's stay up later and let's go outside in the garden. Um, so it's yeah. never winter or summer, either autumn or spring. Don't know which one. Probably more okay. autumn. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with you. Uh, you know, the, Sorry, the changing... fall. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to remember, well, I, honestly, it's probably just me. Everyone else will understand, right? <laughs> it's always just me because for some reason I like to stream at 530 in the morning, but hey, yeah. life goes on. <laughs> um, great, great answer. All right. Third question. Mm. What is the best dessert that you've ever had in your life? I'm not a very desserty person. So um, my favorite dessert ever is affogato. Oh, okay. Tell, tell me more about this. It's vanilla ice cream with a shot of espresso and a shot of amaretto. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I just I mix that. it all together and it's all I need because I like coffee. <laughs> I like almond and the ice cream's fine. Don't really care about the ice cream, but I'm not really a huge... <laughs> Eat, like, I'm, I'm more of a salty startery person yeah that's I think that makes sense that's awesome I actually love that dessert as well um are you that person that when you drink coffee late at night it keeps you up or it does it not do much yeah to you? I don't drink coffee late at night because it will keep me up <laughs> okay yeah. oh my god me too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the last time I, I had a cup of coffee the other day at like 5 p.m. and it was it was bad. I yeah, I, I generally don't don't drink coffee after 12 noon. I switched oh, to sense. tea. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, no, I, I get you. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> oh, okay. Two more questions, Salma. Okay. This one's a really fun one. So let's see what you think. I'm always curious. Okay, what is the first word you think of that starts with the letter S? Shield. Shield. Okay. Can you elaborate? Oh, <laughs> no shield? idea. I was trying to be really good and just think it the first, just the first thing that, that it was shield or sofa. <laughs> so, I mean, there's nothing. Oh, look, thanks for the follow, Bonnie. Yeah, um, the follow. There was, um, I forgot you could see my alerts. I meant to turn them off, but never mind. Um, I'll keep them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I'm terrible at those things because I, try to play the game and so I was really trying yeah. not to play the game <laughs> so you really thought into it I probably thought too hard yeah. yeah 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 that's hey there's I think there's two people right people that really think into it and people that don't and they're usually those people say their name that's why I always well, I was gonna try yeah I it, may, it <laughs> my name was there but I ignored it yeah, and I, I pushed know. it away <laughs> <laughs> I when when CJ was on here, I asked him the same question, and he said CJ, and I was like, he's like, wait a minute, I probably shouldn't <laughs> <have> said that. <laughs> it was it was the best answer. I loved it. So um, I won the game. Yes, you won. You pretty much. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, I love that grape juice uh, shield or shield. I gotcha. Gotcha. I don't there. know. I don't know what that means. Uh, I, well, I'm referring it, or thinking of it as like the, uh, what is that? Agents of shield. Uh, it's a show or movie or something like that. I think. Oh, I'm not really into the whole superheroes things. <gasps> it's all right. Sorry. Me well, I just I'm for sorry. some reason know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final question. This one, this is a good one. Okay. I don't know. This will really set the tone for the rest of this podcast. Okay. What's the best programming created 
programming language ever created? I don't know that answer because I, <laughs> do you know what? I've seen people Tell ask me. this question. I think yes. maybe when you asked CJ this question and he uh-huh. said JavaScript, I was like, obviously he's going to uh-huh. say JavaScript, but my, because part, <laughs> you know me, Alec, and part of my mission is that, yes. that those kind of things is, are, are silly questions um, yes. because I haven't tried all of them, but all of them are good for different purposes. Right. And so like, I wouldn't write a, I wouldn't write a, uh, oh, I can't even think of an example now, but okay. For example, I tried to write a website in, um, I tried to write a windows 95 simulator in the browser in rust. That's not the right thing to write a a windows 95 (laughs) simulator in. Um, it was a disaster. I needed to write in JavaScript. Um, so no, there is no best program language ever. It's, um, all subjective and it all depends. I, I think that was the answer I was expecting. So you, I think you won again. That was beautiful. Good. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a great, <laughs> that's a great Yay answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Salma. Thanks for answering those. The I, great, great answers all around. So appreciate that. Um, all right. So now that we've got that out of the way, I would love to talk to you kind of about where you got started, uh, kind of get to get to know who Salma is. Uh, so the first question really is, give us your TLDR. Um, where did you get started and, and what do you do currently? I'm going to give you the full TLDR from yes. uh, when I was six to now, and I'm going to try and do it as efficiently as possible. All right. Do we have enough time for this? Yeah, we do. Right. <laughs> Age six, write a program to make a ball bounce across the screen on a Commodore 64, copying it all from a manual. Whoa, that is freaking cool. (laughs) I did it once, didn't do it again, but I was like, wow, tech. Age 13, Mm -hmm. uh, got the internet at home and made my first website immediately on GeoCities, obviously. Um, Still hooked on tech. And even before I got the internet, I was like trying to hack into my computer. Okay. Uh, I was trying to do stuff in terminal, didn't understand it, but I was trying to do stuff. I, um, I was a musician for my whole childhood and adulthood mm-hmm. and, um, there were no resources. Oh, this is going really long now. Didn't do tech because no. there was no That's way fine. for me to do it. School tech was not good modern tech. Um, yeah. I had no role models. I had no access to that. I did a music degree, was a professional musician, wanted to be a film composer. That's oh, tough. No way. Yeah. yeah I, that is crazy my, tough. my degree is in composition. Um, and then I, um, got into music teaching more informally. First of all, um, I taught the flute. I taught at a music college, taught kids, and I was the Jack Black of Manchester. I taught rock bands and, um, it was, well, it was really, really fun. And then I decided to become a qualified teacher. So I did that for a few years. Then I quit. I was a comedian for a while. Oh my God. A musical comedian. (laughs) Um, there used to be loads of videos on the internet. We went viral a couple of times, uh, but my wow. comedy partner, um, is still a teacher. So we removed all the, the videos. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I got a job in a call center, minimum wage. The, mm. the person who was my manager saw my CV. I had graphic design on my CV, uh, because I used to do album art for my friends who were musicians okay. and I made their yeah. websites in iWeb. If you remember iWeb. Oh, interesting. It yeah, was like yeah. the Dreamweaver of Mac. 
Anyway, yep. so I did that for my friends, even even when I wasn't doing tech. Anyway, he saw that on my CV, um, his girlfriend uh, was just leaving a very small startup magazine-y, website-y place. Um, they needed a graphic designer. I went there and got a job there as a graphic designer and salesperson. And there was one yeah. tech guy, one tech guy who did the CMS, the DevOps, the back end, the front end. And I was yeah. like, hello, can I, <laughs> can I get in on this, please? And yeah. um, I was there for six months um got made redundant but then um decided to move into front end got all the jobs I applied for somehow and then I became a team lead lead engineer then you know I've, I've learned more and more as I've gone on more about the full stack about architecture but all that um yeah so yeah I uh, that's 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 me and it's gone for that I've been in dev for properly for six and a half years okay that's man I'm I like I have so many questions right now first <laughs> first of all were you truly dubbed the Jack Black of your town? That is incredible. I, I love I that. I dubbed myself it. And actually, there is a video on YouTube that um, I made to promote uh, the thing I was doing. It was like a franchise yeah. thing. Um, it can be found still. Um, I'm not ashamed. It's right there. I look like 12 years old. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, I, I, I um, built up three centers in Manchester... Uh, where we did evening classes for rock bands and I did a lot of workshops in schools to promote it and, and recruit yeah. kids into it. No, that, that is really awesome. I actually remember, uh, I think it was probably around like eight or nine years ago, a lot of where I grew up, a lot of like these rock band centers would start popping up and it's like, Hey, are you looking for some people to play some rock music with? Come here and we'll teach you how to do it. And I was because always amazed it, by it. Because you must know, Alec, that it's really yeah. boring trying to play guitar on your own. It is. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is so true. And I actually currently right now, uh, my brother, him and I listen to very similar music. And we actually have a shared OneDrive folder of a garage band stuff that we pass back and forth. He'll add drums, guitar, vocals, all nice. this stuff. And we just we collaborate on music that way now since we can't you know do it in person. <laughs> but nice. yeah, that's that's great. So, OK, so you talked about also being a, uh, a musical comedian. How how and why did this start? Um, so my best friend from music college, uni, yeah. um, we always used to get together on an evening and write songs together and sing songs together. And they were silly, funny yeah. songs. So we decided uh, to record some YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm a musician. I produced them properly. We did proper vocals. We did like proper orchestral backing and everything. And it was like full on. We'd recorded, wow. the, we'd record the videos <laughs> on our phones. I yeah. would do them in, um, in iMovie. And then we put them on and we just decided to, we might as well put them on YouTube. Um, and then after that, yeah. we then started doing gigs around the country enter some competitions um yeah. what we went, used to do uh, open mics and and win loads of open mic slots and things like that um yeah but it was really hard work because we used to lug around this full-size digital piano i see and it was a nightmare um and yeah. we weren't getting paid we weren't getting paid for this we had full-time jobs and then we'd go and do yeah. this in the evening we'd get back at 2 a.m yeah it was just too much so we retired sure. <laughs> after a few <laughs> years <laughs> Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I I feel like you kind of find this passion around uh doing things outside of your day job and then yeah. you're kind of at this point where 
do I keep doing this or that do I figure out, you know, yeah, figure out what else to do. Um, and and if that, you think, if you think the programming world is, is bad and toxic and weird, so wait till yeah. you see the comedy world. It's, um, it's mad. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. I can imagine, honestly, some, I've, I've watched a couple documentaries on some comedians and I'm always amazed by some of those backstories they give and you never, you don't really think about that stuff. Right. So mm, always, yeah. always good to know. Um, Folks, yeah, one thing I wanted to mention before we keep going here, we have a special command for Salma. If you just type in exclamation point Salma in chat, you'll get her Twitch and Twitter channels. So all you have to do is go ahead and do that. Go drop her a follow. Uh, Go share some love. Uh, And yeah, uh, Sponge brought up Fretinator. So hopefully you can find that there as well. Um, Yes, okay. So you also talked about how you kind of hinted at how you started to get into development and how this process started. Uh, so I, I wanted to ask you the question of what excited you most about that? Uh, why were you so excited to get into this world? I felt it made me feel powerful mm. that I could make a computer do things. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a really cool answer. Yeah. It was like, not like, not like a kind of dictatorship power, but like, if I can yeah. do this think what I might be able to do for other people. Yeah. That kind of thing. And, and how I might be able to, to make something that could help them or to, to build something that, that could do good in the world or that kind yeah. of thing. You know, it was just, it just felt really, it lighted, it lit up a part of my brain that uh-huh. music didn't. It was like music lights up this part of my brain and coding lights up this part of my brain. And together, yeah. if I do both, my brain is happy. Yeah. Wow. That, that's actually a really cool answer. So I, I think you and I are like really on the same page. Uh, I don't know if I've told you some, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times in the podcast, but I used to hate programming. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I was like, why would anyone ever want to do this in their life? You're stuck in front of a screen, probably going to get arthritis because you're typing yeah. all day <laughs> and, and it, you don't get anything out of it. And then I had an internship in university where uh, I was a web developer and they were like, Hey, can you help us build some stuff? And I said, sure. Why does, you know, I was looking for opportunities. I had no idea what I want to do with my life. Um, and then I had this kind of epiphany moment of, wow, I literally can have a laptop, the internet and an idea, and I can impact millions of people around the world, anywhere in the world. Yeah. And that, that blew my mind. And so I, I totally get you on that point of you have, you can control the computer in the way where you can make impact to people all around the world. I mean, I guess there's a flip side to that as well, that people can take that power and then use it for, for awful things. Um, but, sure, you know, if sure. you have more people who can do the good things and combat the bad things, then, then that's fine. But, yeah, it's, there's a lot of power. There's yeah. so much power. You know, when we're talking about, like, security and development and all this stuff, there's so much power. that, And it comes with that comes so much responsibility as well. Yeah. So it's... I'm always, I always go too deep into these things. Some people just sit there and code, but I've always got to go into like the, the deeper human <laughs> meaning about it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think in my opinion, that's what makes, makes tech even better in this sort of culture and community, right? There's always people that are really thinking into it. And as we get into more things like completely off topic, but more things like AI, this, that is the most important part of, yeah. of teaching these computers to do things because we all know there's a bunch of bias from humans. So how do we make it so not one human is making this AI? And so that's, I think it's really interesting and it's very important in my opinion. 
That is such an ethical dilemma. We could talk for hours yeah. about that. Yes. Uh, maybe another podcast stream. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I, I feel like with everyone that comes on, I'm like, we should put this in another stream talk because yeah. we could definitely talk about a lot of these for a while. But no, that's that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing. And before we get into the main topic, there was one more question I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, up to this point of your dev career, what is the what's your most favorite project that you've created? <laughs> so there's always so much thought. I love it. It's like, hold on. Let me gather myself. I don't even know because mm. I guess I'm, we've talked about this before. I'm always striving to to do something that yeah. really benefits people, but I don't really feel I've achieved that goal yet with a piece of tech because of the nature of the places that I've worked. And yeah. I've only recently started in the last couple of years, feeling how um, I've only recently had enough confidence to do that, to do tech in my own time on my own projects. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the Fretinator was something that was in direct response to my husband's problem, uh, where um, all the other guitar theory sites are full of walls of text and yeah. um, and images and, and weird stuff, and so I feel like. I developed that on my own and it was difficult because I don't play guitar really. So it was a lot of my husband, like doing a lot of the QA. I had all the theory. Um, I was also writing it in Angular, which I, the only experience I had with Angular before was Angular JS, but it doesn't matter about the tech. The the, The thing is that there was a problem that someone I loved had and I solved it. And it gave me so much joy when I saw him downstairs, just randomly got up the fretinator and was playing his guitar. <laughs> so I guess that's it. Yeah. I guess that's the one because it had a real, real purpose. Even if that purpose was for one person. Yeah. It yeah, had no, I, a purpose. That's awesome. I, I would agree. That's, that is a cool project. And I've, thank you sponge for posting that in chat, by the way. Yeah. If you want to check out fretinator, it's right there, uh, made by yours truly. Uh, so it's, it, it is cool. I actually, I was just talking to Samuel earlier and saying that I actually use this on a monthly basis as well uh, because I my music theory is probably garbage, but I'm trying to get better at it and it's been actually really helpful. So Fun yeah, fact, um, th- yeah. this is what I start, when I started streaming back in June, I was working on the Fretinator. So my very early awesome. streaming was, was this. It was like almost, it was pretty much finished, but I was adding some finishing touches and stuff. And yeah. it's kind of what got me into streaming as well. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. And that's what I love, right? Sometimes you have a project and you're, uh, when you found Twitch and you discovered this, you know, programming community on Twitch, it's like, well, let me see if I can share this with other people. And you start a whole new journey with that. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay, sweet. Thank you for that, Salma, for those questions and answers. Uh, So I have now the main topic of today's podcast, um, inclusivity in tech. Mm. So I wanted to, we have, yes, mm, is right. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of great talks about this. Uh, but before we get started with any of those questions, my first thing to you is what do you consider um, the meaning of inclusivity? It is about creating an atmosphere and, a, and, and opportunities uh, around tech and in tech 
for anyone who wants to get involved in any way Mm. that could um, enhance their life through being part of, so I could go on. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, keep going. Being, being non-judgmental, being Mm. um, open to being challenged and questioned and changing your opinions and, and how you do things based on new information. It's about considering that there are other ways rather than just this one way with this one language that you know. And it's yeah. about making anybody, any age from any background in any place feel welcome and accepted in the tech community. Beautifully end. said. End. Yeah. <laughs> end. <laughs> I'll stop talking. No, that, that I think that's a perfect you know introduction into what we'll be talking about today. Uh, that that's awesome. Um, the one thing I kind of want to bring out of scope here real quick was, do you think that inclusivity, uh, is only something that is really pertinent in tech or do you feel like it's also part of other career, uh, areas? This is a global issue. Yeah. Anywhere you go, there are going to be cliques and niches and the best way to do something and oh you uh-huh. should do it this way and and you see it everywhere and and more and more as we are an a digital online world um toxicity is everywhere and yeah. and hate is everywhere and i guess inclusivity means an end to that hate regardless and and working together to build something better. So yeah, it's everywhere. It's not just tech. You know, I've been in the tech world for a while and I see it in tech because I'm in tech. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, I always like to kind of frame these with, we're all very enthralled in tech. And so we see this all the time or, you know, not just this, but other things in general, but I always like to give people perspective of, Hey, this is not just in tech. This is actually a you know, worldwide phenomenon in other career paths or even just your daily life, right? So it's, I think it's always good to know. Uh, yeah. That's one thing I talked about with uh, Matt, Dr. Dynamite last week or the other week about uh, imposter syndrome. It's very pertinent in tech, but you can go on any career path and feel like you're an imposter in that area. This feels like a really good time for a tiny little aside anecdote. Yes. Um, about inclusivity and about, I guess, why I'm so passionate about it. Yes. Um, so I'm mixed race. My dad is Indian. My mum mm. is white English. When you grow up mixed race, um, especially when you were born in the 80s, you don't belong anywhere, right? So when I went to school in this really, really white school, I was the brown girl. When I went, um, I was brought up in a Muslim family. I went to a mosque every Friday, but I was the white girl there. I didn't fit in anywhere because there were these communities who weren't being inclusive. They were seeing me as some outcast. And I guess that's why I am like I am, because I don't want to make people feel like that. I want to make sure that we can just one day end that nonsense, whether it's for the color of your skin or where you come from or what language you want to write in. Yeah, that's a really good aside. Um, And for, you know, this is a worldwide thing, but anyone living in the US right now, that's a very pertinent thing that's happening. Uh, And I wish things could be better. Uh, But yeah, it's people like you, people like other people who are passionate about uh, 
inclusivity like this, we, you know, need to help push that forward. So really, really nicely said there, Salma. Um, so with that being said, uh, kind of to go back to the scope of, of the tech community, do you feel like people in tech struggle with inclusivity currently? Uh, and if so, do they struggle a lot or is it just a little bit? So there are, there are, there are two sides to this. So there are people yeah. who struggle with absolutely feeling not included, uh, myself even a lot of the time. And I always preface talking about this issue with, I hate talking about this issue, but I hate <laughs> talking about women in tech, but it's mm. a problem. It's a systemic yeah. problem where women are automatically assumed to be less competent. You know, the amount of people that come into my streams and, and try and they don't understand that I'm as competent as the next person. And, yeah. you know, someone even came into my stream and said, I've never seen a woman code before. It's like, well, clearly you haven't mm. gone out of your house ever. But, you know, it's like yeah. those things people, you know, and and there's a lot of neurodiversity in tech as well. But there seems to be a and, and there's there's a certain way people normally dress when you're in tech or, you know, so they yeah. see people who don't dress like that and automatically, oh, you can't be someone in tech because you don't look like someone in tech. I think the yeah. media has, you know, the media is responsible for all sorts of nonsense. And I think there's this image of a a 20 something white man in a check shirt with glasses on, on a MacBook, yeah. that, that's tech. Yeah. Or it's some fat old guy in a basement sorting out the servers. That's tech yeah. to the media. Yeah. And so when you put that in front of people, so, you know, you get young people who see that about tech and think, oh my gosh, um, I can't be like these people. I can't do tech because I don't fit into those categories. It's getting better now. Like there's a lot more out there and there are a lot more role models out there, but it's still, I still find it personally quite challenging yeah. sometimes. I, you know, at work, I'm sometimes... And the jobs I've been in, I'm the only woman in a room of 15 men having yeah. a meeting. And the dynamic's going to be different rather than if you had 50% women and 50% women. Um, and so it is by nature the fact that like we don't have enough diversity or in tech because it's not inclusive mm. because of the way we work, the way we're expected to work and, and look and, and feel. But also yeah. because it stays like that, and there are few and far in between things that that are trying to tackle it on a bigger scale. People don't get into it, so it's like a, a vicious circle. And um, I'm trying to like break it down and break through it. And I'm trying, you know, over the next couple of years, if if what happens in the next few weeks happens, then I'm hopefully going to go on this ridiculous mission. Um, mm. But I can't do it on my own. Yeah. Um, I know that. Um, but it's about just getting out there, talking about it, making sure that we do things like this and talk about it to hopefully if you just change one mind about this and get someone to question it. The point is that we get brought up not I think sometimes we can get brought up not being encouraged to question when something looks a bit odd or looks a bit wrong. And you're just your brain then adjusts that to be normal when yeah, actually right. what is normal, nothing's normal and anything goes right. Anyone goes, anyone can get into tech. Anyone can. And yeah. people have proved that day after day after day, but it's still not mainstream, but yeah. it needs to be because the more diverse team you have building software to solve problems, the more people you're automatically going to cater for. Because if you've just got a group of very, very similar people building something for 
they'll, they'll build it for that group of very, very same similar people. Sure. And you need different people to to give the world what it needs to make it better. Mm. Yeah, I, that was, man, incredible answer. Um, I have, I've just like digesting a lot of this because I think, you know, the, the biggest thing in my mind that you've brought up was this idea of how people portray the people in tech. And, you know, that's something you're right. It's like, I think of a developer and, you know, I, I think of what you just described and it's like, why, why do I think that way though? Why mm. is my mind thinking this way of, oh, this person or that person. And, you know, I could even somewhat say that I somewhat fit that mold, right? Like this male in his twenties with glasses working for tech. Like it's, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, I, I think that you brought up. Can, can we just address this, this question, this, uh, someone in chat, G yes, Gilita, there is no proof that diversity makes anything better. It's just ideology. Mm. And that is the kind of thing that holds us back. Mm. Like why there's no, that that's a, that, that's the kind of thing that makes me really upset because it's, it's like, it doesn't matter if you've had no proof that diversity makes anything better. It's a human psychological thing. And there have been studies on this and I wish I could cite yeah. some right now, but I can't. It's just, the say if you have, um, you've got a red and a blue paint, right? Mm. You've got red and blue and any shades of purple. You've got three colors, basically. If you had a palette of 100 different colors, mm -hmm. you could create a painting that's not just red, blue, and purple. So those diversity of paint colors means you can create something very, very fantastic and spectacular with more than three colors. And if you think of it like that, I'm not talking about the color of people's skin, but the color of people's personality and the color of people's experiences and the color of people's different viewpoints and feelings. Mm. This is one of the best analogies I've ever come up with and I've just come up with it now. So I'm gonna use that again. So thank yeah, you, that, that was, <laughs> but think of that, it like, like that. Yeah. No, that, that was really cool. I like the idea that you said it's not about the color of your skin. It's the person's personality, the color of their personality. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Definitely. I have, that. um, I have synesthesia as well. That's another quite fun detail mm. about me. And a lot, I have like five types and it's all about colors for me. So I think that's why that came out like that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, the color, everyone has a color to me and everyone, you know, when you get loads and loads of different colors together, yeah. I'm not just talking... Yeah, I am talking about diversity of thought. I'm talking about diversity of human beings and diversity of everybody. And mm -hmm. not it, it's it's so much wider than what you're thinking about. And um, you've got to open your mind a little bit and love a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, obviously everyone is uh, open to their own opinions, of course, but it's... Uh, yeah, I think I think Salma, you make a really good point about a lot of this, um, and it's it's the fact about opening your mind to things for sure. Uh, and I think this is actually a really good segue into the next question I have for you, Salma. Um, kind of given what we've already talked about, uh, do you feel like inclusivity is pur purposely ignored by people in tech, um, or is it maybe just the fact that the education around inclusivity is not there? I think it's the latter. Mm. Um, I think it's the latter. 
um, and to 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 put another um, kind of what's the word uh, controversial word into the mix. I think privilege uh-huh. means that mm. people don't have have never had to think about it. Um, mm. I was having a conversation the other day um, in my Discord, and I said. Um, I've recently started going by the title Ms rather than Mrs because I don't want to be defined by my marital status because men sure. don't have to be defined by their marital status. Totally. And yeah. a, a man came into the conversation and said, I've never thought about that before because I've never had to choose my title on a form because your title is the default on many, many forms. Yeah. Um, and so I think if you've never experienced feeling not included if you've never experienced feeling being on the outside, I think you're less inclined to want to make it better, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think you make a really good point there. Uh, yeah, it's being less inclined, right? It's, and it's not maybe the fault of your own. You just haven't known about this thing, right? You haven't been surrounded by it. You haven't really experienced it. And I, unfortunately, the only way to do that is to experience something like that or to, you know, talk to someone that has experienced it and understand their side of things. Um, and again, that kind of being openness is, is a really good point to hit on. And I guess my approach to those people who seemingly don't prioritize inclusivity is that I don't, I give them the benefit of the doubt. And I, I, I like to think that it's because they've just never had to question it or never had to experience it. And so I approach that with, not with hate or toxicity and like, how dare you not include someone? I approach it yeah. with education and wanting to enter into a discussion to say, yeah. you know, and maybe tell my story or someone else's story. And so they can maybe see it from someone else's point of view, but it's those kind of things that, I mean, I've been in situations where it doesn't happen overnight. You can't yeah. just put someone over to the other side, telling one story you have yep. to kind of show them and um, it has to be relevant to them. So they need to find, there may be an element, there may be a time in their life where they haven't felt included, but they hadn't yeah. realized it because they was there's so much unconscious bias in the world and there's so many like microaggressions in the world. And so they just, sure. it's just normal. So you don't question it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, little, little things like um, a lot of the time people presume someone's gender just from their name or they presume someone's um ethnicity my ethnicity is presumed all the time and presumed wrongly and it's those kind of things that when people are just looking at what they see and not thinking about the bigger picture and that they're not including the bigger picture sure yeah I, i mean those are great examples for sure um and obviously you know you've you've someone that's that has lived through some of this uh, and so you have more of that scope and mindset um the, the reason why I asked this question is because uh, I feel like this is very pertinent in large companies, right? In regards to tech, uh, especially people that are hiring others. It's, it's a very, uh, very thin line between this kind of idea of, hey, how can we be more inclusive, but also how can we make sure we get the right person for the job? Um, and I think this is a, a really interesting point that you've brought up, which is why I was very curious to see 
you know, is it sounds like there, in your opinion, there needs to just be more education around this subject as a whole. It's interesting you talk about this because at my work yeah. um, this year, in response to Black Lives Matter, um, we actually set up a new group at work called the Promoting Digital Diversity Group. Um, okay. me, and, me and a few others. And um, our aim was to, number one, um, we, we, we did an, an assessment of our um, ethnic, uh, ethnic mix in our company and um, it was pretty bad yeah. in terms of it wasn't very diverse. And especially in certain areas, you know, there's, there's three women, well, there were two women at the time in engineering out of 40, that kind of thing. Mm. One of them being me. Um, and so what we have done is um, we've realized that it's not about just when you interview people. It's about where you promote those jobs and where you are looking for those people and bringing them in. Um, and obviously you want to find the right person for the job. But if you're just interviewing mm. the same people that you have at your work already, you're only going to get yeah. them. And if you're only going to the same places and you're putting your jobs on one jobs board that only one type of person looks at, you're not going to get a diverse range of applicants. Yeah. Um, and then we were also looking at how we interview and um, uh, like it's about having a diverse panel at interview. So if you're interviewing someone, make sure that you've got a man and a woman at least who are interviewing them or, or somebody else, at least a mix of people, right? That's representative yeah. of, of the actual, the company that you're working for. The amount of times previously in my work where they'd be interviewing, say for example, a a early 20s woman and she would be interviewed by three middle-aged white men that's not going to yeah. make her feel like safe and comfortable and um you know you a human thing is when you see similarities in someone you feel safer when you hear yeah. an accent like yours you feel safer when you see mm -hmm. when you know someone likes the same books as you or the same music as you you feel a connection and so it's yeah. about creating those opportunities to make more, to, to feel psychologically safer so you can do better in the interview anyway. And you can just feel like more included rather than an outsider. The amount of times sure. I, you know, I've been interviewed for jobs with six, seven, eight middle-aged middle -aged white men. I just feel like, what am I doing here? What, it doesn't feel right because yeah. it's not representative of the, the population at that, that place clearly, or maybe yeah. it is, and maybe that's where I don't want to work, but um, it's, it's about how you go about the process. Yeah, no, I, I, the process as that's the thing that really catches on to me. It's all about the process for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I like the fact that you talked about, Hey, maybe we can post this job in a different job board. Maybe we can post it in these different areas. You know, it's, it's yeah. all about that. And, you know, depending on the size of your company, obviously you, you can try to be as inclusive as possible. Uh, but sometimes with smaller companies, that's, it's harder to do. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't be thinking about it at the very beginning, at the very start, right? Exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and make that's... it make it known that you're thinking about that, you know. Yes. We put yeah. on our website recently, we're actively, um, we want to try and actively find more women in engineering to apply and more people yeah. from ethnic minorities to apply. So if you are that, we want you because we, we're having trouble finding those people applying. You know, I was looking through CVs this week uh, for a, a yeah. front-end dev role, 20 applications, one woman why it's yeah. to do with how you have promoted it where you have promoted it what the website looks like how the job advert is written as mm. well and it was it the job advert is written by a man um yeah. it's written 
with masculine words. This is a thing, right? There have been studies about, I, I actually, I met a recruiter this year who said they did some studies about this and they wrote job adverts in different ways with more feminine words and more masculine words. And obviously there more women apply to the, the differently written ones to the, to the man written ones. And I don't want to get into arguments here about like what is feminine and what is masculine, but there are, there are feminine yeah, and masculine sure. words in the English language. And people gravitate towards things they feel more uh, affinity with. Yeah. And that's the thing. And yes, you can't be, you cannot cater for every single person in those kind of things, but you can c- cater for more than one like single type. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's really interesting. It's a good point. Like, so one thing, uh, I, my job at Microsoft, um, I was actually part of a culture team on our team because I was really passionate about this idea of, hey, like we need more inclusivity here. We need to, I I want a really cool work environment for myself and my coworkers. Uh, And this is something that we constantly talk about. Uh, And it's even at a trillion dollar company like Microsoft, like this is a thing that is hard to change. Um, And so it's all about the education. It's all about actively trying to go do this thing. And you need people out there to actually do it. so, yeah, I, I think I think that's great, Salma. And I one thing you said about uh, this, you know, the the CVs um, targeting specific people kind of leads me into the next question for you. Mm. Uh, and this is in regards to, uh, you know, I feel free to get as personal as you like on this, but it's more along the lines of when did you start to notice that being a woman in tech was very different from being a man in tech? I think this is a really like again whatever you feel comfortable sharing, but I think this is a really important thing for people to hear. So as a woman in tech, you're always singled out. You're on your own most of the time. Like um, all the jobs I've had, I've been the only woman or one of two or three women in the bigger places. Hmm. You um, don't get paid as much as men, despite being asked to um, get paid as much. Uh, So one, one place I was working Um, I was at that point, actually, before I left, um, the most senior woman in that department. And I was getting paid just over half of what male graduates were getting paid. And um, because of rules of certain raises and and all not, they said, no, we can't do it. Sorry, we can't do it. Um, Because I was just such a tiny statistic in that department, it was like, I didn't matter. I, and the amount of times that I've been in, in interviews or in, um, sessions with me and just all men where I'm going to talk about this because it's horrible, but it's a thing. So I remember I was, I worked somewhere for a very short time and, um, in my first week, I was the only woman in a room full of like 15 men and they were all being really inappropriately sexually aggressive to each other whilst I was just there. A new person in the business, someone who is a professional technologist and just the atmosphere in the room was really intimidating and really just like gross. Hmm. Um, I was also um, introduced around the department as a lovely lady rather than a lead engineer. Like you wouldn't introduce a male colleague as, here's this lovely man. Yeah. He's come to work here. 
Um, and I spoke up about this at the time, but I was silenced and I was told to stop speaking about it, to, yeah. to take a post off LinkedIn where I was just engaging in a conversation about this very situation, about the lovely lady thing. I was like, you know, as a woman in tech, as a minority in tech, I need to have these conversations, challenge these things, speak up about them to get the conversation going and give people the benefit of the doubt. But no, I was told to take it down. Otherwise, I would um, be disciplined and I had to just be quiet. I stayed there for five days. I left straight after. Uh, I was not going to stay there. Uh, that yeah. was one of the, the worst experiences. I, one of the worst weeks of my life I've ever had. Um, yeah. And... Um, I have had an experience in, in smaller places where um, I was the only woman in the tech department and I was um, on the leadership team. Um, but every time I was in a meeting with a CEO, um, he would, um, I would give my lead engineer expert opinion on what we had to do and, and a plan to move forward. And then he would say, no, we can't do that. We have to do this. Mm. When I said, when I would say another time, oh yeah, okay, we'll do your thing. He would say, no, you can't do that. So like every single time, every single thing I said, yeah. it was wrong. And I don't know whether it was because of his personality or whether it was I was a woman, but he didn't do that to anybody else but me. I see. And, um, you know, it, it carries on to this day. Like a few weeks ago, I had a, an experience with um, a client, a new client, a group of middle-aged white men over a Microsoft Teams call being really inappropriately, talking inappropriately about women. And yeah. a weird comment was directed at me because of my green screen. Yeah, I talked to um, a, a member of my leadership team about this, a middle-aged white man, and his immediate reaction was to dismiss what he said and said, oh, he probably didn't mean it. And it's like, because he, it's just like, you you don't get it unless you've experienced it. Like you can empathize, but the, you know, the fact that it was, oh, Salma's just getting too emotional about it. I have the amount of times I have been labeled as too emotional. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's just, you know, all the, all the things are out there, you know, women are always labeled as emotional they're not taken seriously. I experience it to this day, even though I'm in a really nice place right now, culturally, there are one or two people who still hasn't clicked in their brains yet that this is wrong. And sometimes it's so difficult to keep fighting and to keep talking about it because it's horrible. (laughs) And, And it makes you feel like just crawling into a corner, quitting your job and just never existing because it's never ending. Yeah. And so I, I want to make things better for people that come after me. And the way I can do that is by doing stuff like this and going through hell. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Uh, thanks. I mean, thanks for sharing someone. Thanks for getting so deep. I, I know this is probably one of those questions that, you know, is it's hard to talk about. I think this subject in general is hard to talk about. Um, it's, but I do think for people 
<laughs> Thanks for the follow. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, for people that are just tuning in uh, or people that may be feeling the same way and don't know what to do or feel like they don't, they don't have anyone that can uh, relate to them. You know, this is really awesome that you're being so open and, and sharing that with people because I feel like that's the only way it can change. I, if I was to keep quiet, I would be doing myself an injustice because there are so many people suffering day in, day out and not being included and being treated like this. And I don't want to attack anyone, but I just want to just make people aware that you can be our allies in this. Everyone in this chat, anyone who watches this VOD or listens to this podcast, you have a responsibility to look after people around you and be their allies and understand with an inclusive mindset that you can help make it better. It's not necessarily yeah. the res- it's not just the responsibility of the people who are being victimized and are being yeah. excluded. It's everybody's responsibility um, to play their part to make the world a better place. Yeah, man, that's that just hit home with me for sure on a lot of levels. Uh, just in our world right now, like this is just world advice at this point, right? Yeah. Like there's there's so much around this that can be said. And I, I feel as though, Salma, you might have like taken my questions and, and read them in advance or something because oh. you led, you went right to the perfect next question that I was going to have for you. Go on. <laughs> so thank you for that. Making my job easier. I um, hope it's a lighthearted one because I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting really emotional. <laughs> yeah. No, I we, we definitely can do that. Um, yeah, and I I love all the cheers going on at, on Salma's channel. Definitely go drop her follow exclamation point Salma in chat. We'll give the Twitter and Twitch handles for her. So if you haven't yet, I'm sure everyone knows who you are. But in case you do not, go ahead and go drop a follow on her channel. One thing, bold bearded builder has just said actually a brilliant thing. Don't limit yeah. don't limit yourself just to empathizing or including. Make efforts to amplify other voices. That is yeah. top notch sentence Definitely. there. Yeah, it, it's it's doing what you can, helping how you can, and 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 don't silence other voices. Uh, Lift them up. them. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, we can definitely talk a little bit. I. That was a very deep question. This was more along the lines of, cool. So we know we know kind of about this stuff. We know a little bit more information. Um, I wanted to know what you thought about how we can catch ourselves when we're not being inclusive. Uh, either you know at work, uh, on a personal level with our friends, like, you know, how, how can we take a step back from situations and be like, whoa, yeah, you know, maybe I could be more like this or, or something along those lines. It's hard, isn't it? Um, yeah. Cause you don't know what you don't know. And so what I would recommend is to ask people, yeah. um, how, how to write something or how, how should what, what's the deal with this? For example, some of the stuff I was doing at work with the Promoting Digital Diversity team. I'm not very au fait with the LGBTQIA community. There's some terminology and some words that are what you should use. And um, I, when I was writing something up for something at work, I made sure to go to someone who I would know about that to make sure I was writing it in the right way, in the most inclusive way. Yeah. Um, you know, and... What I love recently about um, the whole gender identity movement is that people are generally, people nowadays like to put their pronouns on their Twitter bios and things like that. If you're not sure about someone, ask. 
right? Yeah. Look at all this rain. You know. Oh my God, look at all this love. <laughs> Thank you so Let's much. Let's go. <laughs> um, all you've got awesome. to do is, is ask. If, if you don't know, like may, maybe just question everything that you're doing, not to the point where you go, make yourself go completely crazy, but take a look at what you're going to write online or um, take a look at what you're going to, just think about what you're going to say and 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 maybe run it by someone if it's going to be inflammatory or something. And then also yeah. you you can make every effort, but you can still say something wrong. Yeah. And if someone approaches you and says, that did not make me feel included, then say, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize yeah. I'm going to do better next time. Like so many people, because what's hard is like um, a lot of people will expect you actually to say if you don't feel included. They'll, you know, I'm, I can say whatever I want. And if someone doesn't like it, they can tell me. It's yeah. actually the opposite. You know, like I was saying to you before, there's stuff that I rehearse in my head before I go on stream um, yeah. as, as clever retaliations to some of the nonsense that I get in my chat. But when the moment comes, I freeze and I can't do it because I feel so yeah. psychologically weird. And so yeah. you cannot necessarily expect people to speak up at those moments when they feel excluded. And yeah. so yeah. ask, just ask, engage in a conversation, open it up. If, if we don't talk about it, it's never going to get better and it's yeah. going to be uncomfortable. It's going to feel difficult. Um, and it's, we've got a long way to go. But if you, sure. if you just have a conversation regardless and you're open to that, then I think yeah. that's definitely a good way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Be beautifully answered. Um, I, I really agree with you on the point of just asking, right. And like being open to receiving feedback on things and understanding just like, I don't know. I think the, the title of this should be how to be open-minded about certain things. Right. And, yeah. and just understand about just like being open-minded. I think at the end of the day, that's really all it comes down to. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take this back a little bit. Cause this is just a super random question that I thought of. Okay. Uh, do you play video games? I used to, but you, not you used to, not so much. No, I used to do, we used, me and my husband used to do it a lot together. We used to play, uh -huh. um, we used to really play loads of puzzle games and, um, we used to like things oh. like, um, Bioshock and oh, one of my favorite oh games actually was called gosh. abduction have you played uh -huh. abduction Love i haven't played game. abduction yeah <gasps> that kind of stuff like creepy yeah. indie weird <laughs> eerie stuff i just haven't had the time recently i'm just streaming when i'm not working at the moment yeah no i totally understand that feeling uh <laughs> the the reason why i was asking is because have you ever thought about um doing like a game stream on your twitch channel no is there a reason why I feel like I would attract a different audience that I wouldn't uh, know how to interact with. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's actually a really, really valid answer because of uh, programming streams are very different from game streams. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And actually, um, I don't enjoy watching gaming streams for one reason or another. And mm. I enjoy watching programming streams. And so that's why I started streaming yeah. programming because that's what I liked to watch. And I thought, you know, I know how to do this because I know what to talk about. I don't know what to do. I, I'd feel very, very vulnerable streaming games. Yeah. 
Oh, that's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. Um, vulnerable streaming games. And I, I feel like, um, I feel like I've had somewhat of that same feeling too. Uh, I, I have streamed games on my channel um, and I'm uh, pocket. Don't, don't say anything, but I uh, don't feel like I'm that good given my death counters. Um, and pocket <laughs> will, will attest to that, but I don't want him to because it'll make me feel bad. But um, the, it's interesting, like that, con- that sort of vulnerability uh, aspect, because I've even had, I've talked to people in, in my community that have been like, Hey, I don't really want to stream programming because I don't feel like I'm I'm good enough to actually stream programming. Um, and all of this kind of to to bring up the point of how how do you feel like you can promote uh, people in your community to be more inclusive with things like streaming or um, like do you feel like a game stream could bring a lot more inclusivity with your channel with other people and things like that? I think it goes back to what we were talking about before we started in that I'm not after a huge audience to look at me. Yeah. My goal is to spread a message and build a group of people up to then go and spread that message elsewhere, like kind of a by osmosis. And so, um, I also feel like I, I don't know, I would, I just, I just, I would, it's just something that my brain is like, no, no, never, don't even try. I've actually considered a different type of stream though. Oh, tell me more. A music stream. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, let's go. I, I'm probably going to end up doing this in 2021 because um, I need to get some equipment, but I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm planning to especially if I one day get to do streaming as part of my job, I think I'd yeah. like to do a different kind of stream after hours. And yeah. Um, I, yeah, I would like to do some music improv streams. That's awesome. Yeah. I love, I love that idea. Do you, or do you feel like you're going to play a certain instrument or is it just going to be? Uh, I, it, who knows? it would be um, loop based synthesizer stuff with vocals. Oh, Oh, that is awesome. I think that's actually really cool right now too, because uh, at least a lot of the artists I listen to in bands, they like every member, every member of the band live streams on Twitch. And so they come by and they're like, Hey, by the way, we're making new music. You want to check it out? And it's like, it's the best feeling because I feel like next time I go see this, uh, this artist at a show, I'll, I'll be like, I know you, I've watched you on Twitch for so long. Yeah. Uh, and so music is definitely a big hit right now on, on yeah. Twitch. Yeah, I need to I need to pay off my credit card for all the like streaming <laughs> stuff I bought so far. So then then invest yeah. in my actual music streaming setup and actually have to think in my head whether it's really, really worth it. But it's something I definitely <laughs> want to do because I'm down like downstairs on my piano every whenever I can just tiddling about and improvising. Yeah. And I feel like I could do this for people and make it really fun. Um you know, I, you know, I've been a musician, a performer on stage for years. So it's, it's like going back to the old days, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's great. I, I wanted to, I don't know. I just had this question around gaming and this kind of just came off, off yeah. the, off the cuff. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting thought to think about. Um, okay. Awesome. So before we kind of wrap up for this Ooh. topic, I had, had one more, one more question for okay. you. Um, 
And for anyone who's interested to ask Salma a question about inclusivity or just honestly anything, um, or myself, feel free to type in exclamation point Q and then add your question. We're going to be doing a Q&A section after this. So it's always a really fun time. Uh, there's always some great questions there. Um, yes. Uh, but so my question to you is more of, so we know that you're, you're on this incredible mission to bring inclusivity to people in tech. Uh, and, uh, and starting that journey is definitely going to be a difficult one, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be an incredible journey nonetheless. So how can people get involved with you? How can they help bring this inclusivity to where they work, to what they do, um, or, you know, right alongside you? It's it's a state of mind and it's an attitude and it's a way you live your life and it's not going to be, it's, okay, here we go. This is a good, another <laughs> good analogy, right? So think okay. of it like programming. You can't wake up one day, learn a few functions in a language and boom, you're a programmer. Yeah, yeah. Similarly, you can't wake up one day, say, I'm inclusive and boom, you're inclusive, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's about just, as I said before, it's, it's opening your mind, right? And it is also at the same time challenging yourself as well as challenging other people, but not in a horrible, toxic way, in a really like empathetic, open, um, welcoming way. Like yeah. one of the things I'm still really, really overwhelmed by is the community in my discord. Mm. And obviously I've streamed going about my streams in, in the way I'm talking about being inclusive to you. And yeah. I have seemingly amassed one of the most beautiful groups of people I have ever, ever come across in my whole life. And yeah. everyone is looking out for each other. Everyone's supporting each other. We've got so many different people in our, um, so many different types of people in the Discord, different ages, different ethnicities, different gender identities, different neurodiversity, you know. And yeah. it's incredible that I started my streams in June this year with this attitude and this mission and they kind of like, hey, Tim, and they kind of like just came and yeah. came together through a shared appreciation and a shared, I'm going to say shared mission to create that kind of community and take that into other places. So yeah. the way you can start is just by living it and, mm. and, and challenging yourself, challenging other people and just waking up the next day and saying, I'm going to be better. And I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to approach everything as much as I can with the knowledge that I have from the place that I come from with an inclusive mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. Uh, I, I, I always love the fact that you bring up this idea of you can't just wake up and be good at something or no. be this this thing that you want to be right it, it always takes work and this uh <laughs> this brings me back to like a a programming thing that I did when I was back in university my last year of university I was like hey I want to build an iPhone app Bare, like zero zero knowledge in programming right? I'm just like <laughs> yeah let's just build this thing 
I wake up I'm like, ah, it's going to be easy. Okay, cool. I wake up the next day and I start to work on it. And I was like, oh crap, this is absolutely terrible. This is so hard. That one app that I wanted to build in a weekend took me one and a half years to build. Because <laughs> <This> is- <laughs> it's true story though. That's what happens. That's yeah. life. That's programming. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it just like that, that analogy always hits home with me because I, that feeling stinks, you know, to, to realize like, oh, wow, I actually need to put work into this. Okay. But it's a good lesson to live by, right? Yeah. You, you always have to put work into something if you want something to come out of it. Yeah. Um, and sponge. Yes, it was cycles. Uh, it, it was, <laughs> cycles is a, is a daily habit creator that I, that I made. And, uh, and let me just tell time. you, putting yes. work into something like this, it's not, it's, it has exponential benefits for so many people around you who take that to other people and who take that to other people. And I just, I, sometimes I, um, you know, I get, since I was a teenager, I get very upset at the world. I get very upset. Like I get very emotional and upset about things like war and capitalism Mm -hmm. and, and all this stuff that directly contradicts, being a good human being. And that's all this really boils down to. Bottom line is just be a good human being, be empathetic, (laughs) be (laughs) connect with people, um, live your best lives. Just be, be cool. Right. Be cool. Hey, you heard it here first. Salma 2020. Just be cool. (laughs) Just be cool. (laughs) I've already got a cool panther on. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, can we get some of those pixel glasses to come like right over your eyes right now? Just be cool. (laughs) Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. There you go. Right. Stream idea. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's really funny because that was actually one of the first ideas I have when I started streaming. I was like, how can I get this pixel glass to come over my, to my, my glass? Glass? Hello? My eyes? Uh, (laughs) But I couldn't figure out how to, I had to keep my face in a certain spot. So you should do, oh my gosh, you should do something where it tracks your face and then you can stick them right onto your face. Be I awesome. could just be the panther. I need the, 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 the magic stars <laughs> around me. You know, these things. Yes, more magic stars, please. Right down there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome, Salma. I think really cool stuff all around. Um, so before we get into Q&A, I wanted to, uh, to ask you, Uh, is there any like pieces of advice that you would like to share with everyone um, right now in regards to kind of inclusivity in tech? Uh, You know, the the one nugget of knowledge I like to call it. Take, you know how when people say, uh, when you walk down a street, oh, look up, you don't know what you might miss. Yeah. I guess that that is the advice. Just look around you Mm. and... um, and just oh, Steve's lurking in my chat. That's what this is. People are in my chat. Oh, <laughs> um, <come> on, Steve. <laughs> um, look around you and and look for those people who who might be hiding away, who might not have the confidence to speak up, who might feel excluded and you don't even know. Ask people if they're okay with things. You know, look around you when you're next in a meeting at work and you're a guy and there's one woman in there and there are 10 guys and look around you and look at how that dynamic is. Look look at how 
the kind of the, the things that people say in general conversation that automatically like victimize um the lgbtqia community or or ethnic minorities think about the words that you say that come out of your mouth um i mean that's the first thing you can do just think about the things that you say and, and the things that you write online but just look around you open your mind open your eyes open your life and open your heart and um just be cool just be oh, man that's man that's gonna be the slogan of the stream just be cool oh i feel it well salma thank you so much for taking the time uh and your openness today for inclusivity in tech i think again this is a super important topic for everyone um in tech I'm or not, not in tech i'm not doing this now by the way it's everybody no, i else. know i <laughs> I, I love it. People keep going. Go go to <laughs> go to Selma's chat right now. Just add some emotes. It's, it's a good it's a good time to just see that. While I was telling Selma earlier how Sorry, I'm so like, boring in my room. No, you're you're good. You're good. Um, but yes, thank you again for being here. Again, if you want to follow her, in case anyone here does not know Selma, uh, aka White Panther here on Twitch. We have a command for her in chat, exclamation point Salma, to get her Twitter and Twitch account. Go follow her. Go show some love.